0: Oh hello. It's me again. Ready to really get into Season 7 of DS9? Somebody once said, you know, with great talent comes responsibility.
1: Oh wait. That was from Shadows and Fog, not this. I really put my foot in my mouth there. How about that Ezri? I like her. It's time for the rules of acquisition.
0: All right. Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we're going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest show to uh, introduce these uh, slug people characters, I guess. Uh, My name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And... Hugh Crawford. Hey. Hey. And, uh, yeah, we are in the, uh, the second episode of Season 7, episode called Shadows and Symbols.
2: Yep, this is mm-hmm. uh, the second episode of Season 7, like you said. It originally aired October 7th, 1998. Here's the IMDb description. Esri Dex joins Cisco and his family... On his quest for the orb of the emissary, Colonel Kira mounts a blockade around the Bajoran moon where the Romulan hospital is, along with thousands of Romulan missiles claimed to be defensive in purpose. Quark joins Bashir and O'Brien as they join Worf aboard a Klingon warship as they mount a dangerous mission in Jagdzea Dax's name in an effort to get her spirit to Stovakor, the Klingon's heaven. Not the best written description yeah i would have
0: but you know hey it's yeah, it's all in there i guess uh, it's, a, it's all in there yep shadows and symbols i don't know what that has i mean i guess there's shadows and symbols in this huh?
1: it's technically probably even though no one's commented on it it's probably uh let me find it it's like from the bible maybe a reference to types shadows and symbols a term from biblical exegesis what a term from biblical exegesis or from the Bible. Well, anyway, so it's, it's, it's some obtuse biblical quote, but it is, it is a dumb title. It's the least evocative thing in the world.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exegesis of what? Because it's. In, that just of means, the Bible? Yeah, I don't. That just means interpretation. No,
1: yeah, I guess, but it's. But usually, exegesis is like an extrapolation if they're going to quote it, right. referring to a hidden symbolic prophecy rather than explicit foretelling of the future.
0: Okay. Um, uh,
1: way way yeah, to I
0: get a know. convoluted reference title.
1: Well, it, Memory Alpha has a link to it, and then I click on the link, and it's like to a GoDaddy page <laughs> that says website coming soon.
0: So, I don't know. So, <laughs> oh, sound- <laughs> I'm all
1: done. I, I the End of my research, guys. Well,
0: that sounds a lot like these uh, weird biblical uh, symbols, and this is what it actually means. Text. Mm-hmm. I've gotten really into QAnon. I, I know what I'm talking about. No,
2: the first scene in this episode is a continuation of the last scene of the last episode, which is basically Ezri Dax shows up and it, like immediately goes into like what her deal is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what's your shit. Which I sort of appreciate that. And there's okay, cards <laughs> on the table. I like Ezri. I I like. I think she's a fine character. She's I. Mm-hmm. Um because it's there's like no stumbling with her out of the gate because we know exactly who she is and what her deal is mm-hmm. something happened to this character she was on a a career path mm-hmm. and calamity befell her and now she's sort of like scrambling to deal with the fallout of it yeah. so mm-hmm. it's sort of it's a person in in flux
0: mm-hmm.
1: right mm-hmm. who's Yeah, and I kind of. I like that she's never like. I've often thought that like Trill host culture would would probably have a lot of people, who are, or or maybe even a whole culture, probably built around people just saying fuck all that shit.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't want a fucking worm in my belly. You know, like it seems like that she was uh, not not only unprepared, but maybe like a little uninterested. Right. She says this much. She says I did Negative has a negative perspective towards it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: she said she never wanted to be a have a slug in her Hmm. and yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm like on the casting decision. It looks like, Oh, they just cast another brunette woman. That's attractive to be, The new deck. Oh no no
2: no no! I would have much rather had some stunt casting. Sure. I think if you get Rosie O'Donnell to do this in 1998,
1: (laughs) you have a much more interesting. Well, they they have a list of all of the stuff that there's a little bit. I I will talk about like the origin of her, but like one of the things that Iris Stephen Bear is like. Well, we wanted someone like this and someone like this and someone with really. Expressive eyes, and he goes, and you know, young. Yeah. Oh,
0: is what oh, he my, said. my my skin just crawled a little bit. Gross. Because w- when you have yeah. Berman saying stuff like that, you know, there's yeah. there's certain things unsaid. Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, you know what? You get you get somebody that was on Kids in the Hall. I'm ride or die, man. Mm-hmm. I'm there for it.
1: I, I'm gonna go ahead and say full disclosure. Uh, Nicole DeBoer is uh mm-hmm. is is my is my is my is my jam. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> just in, like her. From a physical perspective, mine uh, too. And I, yeah, yeah, so, yeah most, def- yeah, most definitely. He's yeah, like, so that doesn't I make mean, you're
2: so unique, James.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, I'm, not, I'm like... saying no. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm unique. I'm saying that like, oh, I'm just if saying, you want like, to not... say that I'm treating her biasly, I will. Yeah. I will cop to that. Yeah.
0: Well, I will say though, the other thing with like, you know, we we warmed up to Jadzia. By the by the time she left, we we're like, no, this sucks. She's great. She's one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. But it took us a while to warm up to her because they didn't know what they. Oh, but, oh Terry
1: Terry Farrell is not. Well, a she great. got she she got a lot <laughs> she better. She just rose. She fit into the role. Yeah, yeah. She fit yeah, into the yeah. role.
0: and they didn't know what they were doing, and they didn't know how to fit her into the role. But right out the gate, Ezri. They have the the angle for her, and she she locks in pretty quickly for me, and I'm here for it. They should
2: have got Fred Stroller Stoler to do her. You know that guy from. <laughs>
0: you know who I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. Are you mad at me? A little bit. Could I give you like some singles from my? Wallet? If they got
1: somebody just completely different, you know. Yeah. I I don't know casting was. I would... They couldn't have just one woman. That was one of the thing. like, that was, uh, by losing Jedzia, which was not intentional by anyone on the, I mean, nobody sure. made that, no one from creative made that decision. Right, right. So, when they were forced, they were like, well, we ha- it has to be a woman, because we can't just have one woman on the show. That's a good point. And so, so they are sort of locked into that, and then, you know, and young. You're right. Which
0: I don't even know. Don't even superficially, know. she's like, it's not that different, but if they make it work. Yeah. Oh, so Iris
1: Stephen Bear only had one note to the writer's room with Esri, was that he wanted her
0: spooky. What does that mean? And spooky. all of this sort, of Yeah, what?
1: Spooky. Shadows
0: and symbols. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Well, and so all of this sort of, that was his initial note. And they, they say that there was a lot of issues in the writer's room with trying to figure out what,
0: <laughs> what he the meant. the fuck that means. Yeah.
1: yeah, and pushing him to that. So so like this is ultimately where they came from is that she didn't want it she's not prepared you know and all of this sort of stuff so they they definitely sort of that she's haunted by spirits and and all of that kind of stuff oh, okay. is sort of where they started from and thank god went in a different way mm-hmm. but yeah I, I so i yeah so that that's that was the starting point for what they wanted is they wanted her you know young and hot but spooky and I don't think they—they they didn't land on spooky. I, it seems like they landed on manic pixie dream girl, but <laughs> sure, yeah, but that's okay.
2: She's—I would say that. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't mean to reduce her to that. I, would I just think say it's a bit. little. Like, I think. I think it is a little reductive to say that because no, she is. I think ex- so too. Obviously, yeah, yeah, she's yeah.
2: a character that had. She's manic because she's had something like traumatic happen to her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like there's a reason why she's like
1: frazzled and right.
0: But but Just, if you it's, it's a it bit on. of a
1: De, it is a bit of a Deschanel performance though
0: yeah like if you were if they were like hey I need a manic it P-, is
1: proto she
0: could have been taken into a casting call for uh you know that kind of movie and say oh hey Zoe we're in the casting line again huh you yeah. know that kind of thing
1: or the other one they're both like two they're both manic pixie dream yeah, girls yeah yeah, yeah yeah both the Chanel sisters oh right
0: right but you know uh, Nicole Devore and. She does, you know, it's not her fault that... Yeah, that's not... Yeah, yeah, and she does a great job. And she made out with uh, Dave and the kids in the hall. She did. No, no, Bruce. Bruce. Bruce McCullough. Bruce McCullough. The reason
2: I broke up with you is because my dad likes you. But I just found out he was only kidding. Oh,
1: I actually actually did try to research. It's like, is it possible she was actually Bruce McCullough's girlfriend? Yeah, because that's... because she was in the Brain Candy after she had already been in big shows, and she's like an extra in Brain Candy. Uh-huh. So it's obviously like she was she was hanging out with friends right, right, right. on the set, and so I was like, was she is she Bruce McCullough? But she's not oh, okay, or uh, not that I could not that I found through my extensive journalistic uh, <laughs> sure to sure. find the truth of it. Uh-huh. You got the kickers of Elle's fact checkers on it, <laughs> yeah. making phone calls. Yeah. Nobody would care to comment. Wikipedia didn't say. No. Yeah. So I assume no one on Earth knows. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: All right, that's uh, where are we in this dumb fucking episode? Oh, uh. We're not. We're, we're
0: not anywhere. Uh, she shows oh, up okay. and she yes. explains her whole deal. Uh, She was on the Destiny ship when they needed to get a new Trill host, and the symbiote took a turn for the worse on the way back to Trill, so they had to put it inside of her. The Destiny, which is also a series of books where she's one of the main characters, but whatever.
1: Oh, does that when she goes back to her old ship to be the captain?
0: Um... Maybe, I can't remember if she's Captain of the Destiny, or if that's just the name of the book series. Uh, I don't remember either. It's the name of the
2: book that she's in. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, that's not, hey, it's an alright book, but this ain't the time for that. The books? Oh, shit. Get the fuck out of here, Wade. Uh, Anyways, where are we in this episode? The cold open? Yeah, the cold open. she's going, (laughs) you know, the Symbiosis Institute gave her some books and counseling and uh, they're going to Tyree. Your she's on leave, like Cisco is, and she's like, "No, I'm just gonna go with you." Like, you don't know where we're going. She's like, I don't care. don't care. They gave her a
2: pamphlet. Said, "So you've been joined against your will." <laughs> yeah,
0: <right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what to expect when you weren't expecting? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. Yeah. Cut to the wharf is on the uh, ship with Martok again, and. He's he's saying all this Klingon shit that I wrote down. That I won't do it. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, then Quark jumps on and says, "Wait, I'm the guy. And if I was going to complain about anything in this episode, Quark coming on and that they committed to Bashir and and Quark are deeply in love with." uh at the end of last season, and they haven't let that go, uh-huh. and so that's they they use it to fine effect. Except it's I still think it's kind of dumb that or, it's annoying to me that they decided to do that with the characters again, but they did it, and it's fine. And Court coming on, except my other kind of quibble with it, it's like Court comes on to to be part of this great battle because this great battle will. Get Z into Stovacor, but Quark doesn't do shit on the ship. He's just he's just he's just tagging on for shits, you know, just but, for just to get credit for not doing anything. so complaining about the GAG.
1: Yes, he's uh, he's comic relief. Mm-hmm. He's used as the the wine the whiner. The, he's the C three P po uh, I think uh, this was the episode I was complaining about last episode yeah. when I was like <laughs> right, how right. they just falling into this pattern where he's I don't know like a com like he's this comical yeah, sort yeah. of character that you you kind of roll your eyes at and go oh quark you know right and that's a reduction of the character but yeah it, it's where we're at
0: <laughs> but Ira was told you can't do any more ferengi episodes they're awful and he's like all right well okay.
1: yeah he did wear out quark quark wore out his weapon in season six so yeah, yeah maybe he wins it back i don't remember i'm not going on a full he's broken right but, uh, he's yeah, yeah but he's He's not fun in these episodes.
0: <laughs> He's not the most fun. I mean, I, people probably have fun with him, and kudos, good, more power to you. And you know, it's 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 a little lame, but whatever. His whole "I loved her just as much as you did." Well, maybe not as much as Worf did. You know. That is
1: the most satisfying scene in this episode, though. Is what Wharf's like takedown of them. Oh yeah, yeah. you guys just want to feel. You want to. You all. You're only here, except for Bashir or O'Brien, because like O'Brien didn't have a dog in that part of the fight. <laughs> right, yeah. But they were like all of you feel like that. You you you're just trying to convince yourselves that you were ever worthy of her. Right. And that was you know I don't. I don't like that all of a sudden when they when Je, uh, when Terry Farrell decided that uh, Becker seemed like a good opportunity <laughs> that all of a sudden Bashir and yeah. uh, Quark uh, Re fell in love with Jadzia. Zia. Yeah, yeah but yeah so but it, now that that was there, I did like that sort of dressing down marred only by he apologized for it
2: later yeah, you know. oh you never apologize <laughs> right? well he never
0: has before o'brien's like i've never seen him apologize and it's like yeah i'm glad you're here it's like, oh, okay. yeah uh esri gets space sick because of Terrius, maybe or and she she acts all over the panel on the runabout which is funny i guess and she she hates rectigeno like the little things that they do with their character are nice that she's like, they're transcending Mm -hmm. her apart from Jadzia.
1: That's what I felt like is that they, I mean, they have to do the work. So this Mm -hmm. is how you do it. Mm -hmm. They're doing it in scenes. So she doesn't say I'm not Jadzia. But uh, yeah, it is sort of important to give her her own character and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: and they also point out at that point after she vomits that her job is something that, TNG had that Deep Space Nine hasn't. She's a counselor's assistant. Which is like, oh yeah, that was a thing that Roddenberry wanted to be on spaceships because mental health is important. And, you know, I agree with that. And Deep Space Nine hasn't had one and now they have this new character and she's a counselor. So I was like, oh, okay, that's an interesting uh, role for her to fill too. Next episode. I do
1: like that. Yeah, that's not a thing that's existed before. And it's a way to sort of, you don't have to wonder about how she's going to fit in. So mm-hmm. now she's got a pre-described role. Whenever somebody's got the blues, you know, you write up as you know, uh, write a yeah. Esri scene. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is, it immediately gives her a work, you know, a, a reason to be in the show. Yeah, Other yeah. than Jadzia was on the show. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they they did their they're not butchering the Esri transition in the way that it could. Yeah, I don't
2: think actually think this it's is. It's
1: not Uncle Oliver or Cousin Oliver. Yeah.
2: I mean, if it's this. If we have our choice between Ezra Dax and Jadzia stays on, and, and it's all about
1: Jadzia and, and her baby, <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: I think we, we we clearly went down the right path here.
1: Well, I maybe I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt of thinking that like that baby shit was just there because they didn't know how to add is a cheap way to add impact. Really? If they, to, yeah. I don't think that was a pre. I don't think if Terry Farrell had not chose to leave, I don't think they would have. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Both of the, the storylines written uh, about the baby were written after she had chosen
2: to leave. You have better... Yeah, but what if she changed her mind or Becker didn't get picked up or whatever and they were stuck with that yeah, shit? Then I they seen, yeah, I could have... They could have seen,
1: seen that through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, they could have, yeah.
1: That would have been horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I agree with yeah. you on that point. This is better than that.
0: Yes, right. That,
2: that was my only point.
1: Yeah, like if yeah, yeah. If yes. if, it's,
2: if I have a choice between that, yeah, yeah.
0: Nobody's saying we're glad Jed Z is dead. Nobody take that, listeners. We're not saying that. But I do
1: like seeing the difference, mm-hmm. other than just stories about Curzon. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. So are there are places they don't because I always said that the trills are are the most interesting alien race on paper and they never really do enough Mm -hmm. that's right or 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 every time they try to do it it, like why are you doing it this way this is not the way (laughs) you know but like uh yeah it seems like it but this is this is a good thing they could have done this earlier they could have done this twice i don't know you know like this is not a bad idea and it's it's unfortunate that because this show is so undiverse that they had to stick with a they had to keep a woman yeah. in the role because it would have been nice to see a uh, a gender shift. Mm-hmm. Just like the relationship between her and Worf or him and the male Dax. Oh, yeah. And Worf would have been super fun and space is weird sort of mining yeah. for ideas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe a shower scene.
0: No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or just,
1: or, or or like, you know, they have like a heart to heart and he forgets, I don't know. I could picture a scene where he forgets that he's talking to the Dax, the worm Dax. And then at some point the male uh, Dax like holds his hand or something and he gets, he gets a residual Klingon gay
0: panic. Yeah, no, no, that's shower scene, dude, like they Mm. go in there and they're comparing, two dicks to one and <laughs> <laughs> i
1: remember you only favored the one dick though I, remember, I knew which one was your favorite and which one was my favorite and You're like you're a dude this is weird but <laughs> so yes that's great places they could win but no this is this yeah. is
0: yeah for yeah and mm. yeah eh, but we'll take this <laughs> we'll take it mm-hmm. <laughs> they've got the weapons on the moon of Derna, and we've got you know, Admiral Ham Sandwich showed up last episode, and he's a presence on the station, and Admiral Ham Sandwich is here, and this one, he's more angry because Kira's starting this blockade, and he's like, you can't do this, and she's like, fuck you, I'm doing it. And this is where it hit me that Admiral Hand Sandwich just reminds me, when he gets mad, of Detective Scully from Brooklyn 99. That's what he sounds like, and I can't unhear it. (laughs) Yeah. I can't do an impersonation of that, but it's it, trust me, it's pretty funny. <laughs> type
1: 3 and type 9 and 12 and 13. Those are all the diabeteses I
0: have. <laughs> and so they got the blockade. Then they're going on ty- to the planet Tyree with Cisco. And they've got uh, ionic radiation blocking the signals. I appreciated the techno babble reasons for why they can't just look for the orb down there
2: yeah they have to put their shoulder in, into that a little bit too yeah, you know, yeah every once in a while they still have to explain some stuff away
0: right but you know what like i mean it's again doing discovery i guess i feel like just give me techno babble to explain why you're doing this stupid thing and i'll go with it but they and it's like and
2: something they don't they still don't do that in season two
0: they do a little bit And then, but they'll do like just the most basic, like you can't just say we're going to use the deflector array. That's the beginning of every solution for every problem on a spaceship is you got to configure the deflector dish to do something, but they just say, configure the dish. It's like, well, yeah, that's, that's everything. But you know, that's Nerd Corner and a different podcast. I appreciate Detective Babble here. That's all I'm saying. You don't Uh,
2: know what you've got till it's gone, Wade. (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) So they're they're crawling around uh, in the desert in their white robes, their desert.
1: Yeah, they they they're Assassin's Creed robes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I first off,
0: anytime we
2: have a desert scene, I always think about James's aversion to deserts in <laughs> film and TV.
1: Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Uh, that that held up here too, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Oh my god! This is a nightmare. Like that, those sequences are a fucking nightmare because it's like I don't know. They didn't shoot it with any sort of. I mean, first off, it, Brock Peters was fuck. I mean, it's hot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was worried for him, man.
1: Yeah, like literally, like real Brock Peters was 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 fucking miserable. Oh, I bet. That's why he, this is his last episode. <laughs> <He's> like, um, <laughs> it's fuck y'all! After y'all. This. <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! Uh,
0: oh, when they beam down, he's just standing there like tent pole straight he looks so awkward <laughs>
1: yes i do like that they didn't get because he doesn't have a backpack like they all have these like really kind of silly looking backpacks and he doesn't and i and i was like either they're carrying his backpack or old men don't need them or i don't know what i was thinking but i was like oh just brock peter said fuck you like i'm not yeah. carrying a backpack too. But they, it was like five to ten minutes of this episode. It's just them literally like walking around in circles in the sand because that's the way they've probably filmed it. Is, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, uh, like there, there's a little rock and they're just walking around the rock. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: uh, yeah. Yes. And, and then they hear Dr. Wyckoff, uh, you're wanted in oh, iso- yes. isolation ward four. And yeah. Yeah, Brock Peters looks so awkward. He's just standing there. I, I can just imagine Brock Peters, the actor, being like, God damn it, motherfucker. I'm, I ain't doing shit. Just just get the shot. I'm standing here. Mm-hmm. Say cut so I can go drink my water. <laughs> I was sent
1: to kill a mockingbird, you motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and back on the big battle for Jadzia's soul, they're going back to the Monac system, Monac 4. They're going to get in electromagnetic pulse at the sun to destroy this shipyard that uh we've Weyun's and Demar have referred to to where the Klingons are all bottled up in the Chintok system and they, they Oh
1: we oh, we got to unpack that scene a little bit uh, more. Oh, sure. It's not just that that's what happens it's that Damar is telling state secrets oh, yeah. to like a, a hooker or, or a, excuse me a sex worker
0: <laughs> he met her at a dinner for a uh Glenn or something sure yeah yeah
1: yes these are hangers-on of 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 men of power or whatever and there's this wonderfully awkward scene between him and Wei Yun and her and all of that stuff is so weird and I do like that it seems like they are just slowly building a story of Damar's uneasiness and their uneasiness with Damar. Mm -hmm. That is a deftly handled thing. You get one scene, you know? Like, I believe I said it one of the last season's episodes, it was the one where Sisko's pissed at Cassidy, like, over, like, And, and it's like everything, every beat of that was contained in that one episode. It would have been nice if, you know...
0: It built. this was like a
1: growing you know if it was more serialized and this is damar they're they're doing that kind of just it's not the point of the episode it's not even the point of the scene that damar is deeply either unhappy or uncommitted or and that they're sort of micromanaging him that's a thing and you know it'll be each episode they're going to build on it a little bit more so that's good yeah that's good writing
0: what a pleasant woman <laughs> because <laughs> <Yes. Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: they need to they need to up production 15% and Damar's like oh fine I'll do it yeah, yeah.
1: and he's yeah. drinking and his drinking I mean so they keep that going too, right right he's drinking to excess
0: right. I like how they have just the green glasses that are that are clearly there's actually nothing in it but it's so opaque
1: well I don't even yeah I don't think that they're like it's a dumb choice to have a glass that's green mm-hmm. because I think it's not that that's supposed to be canar because the canard they pour is red in right. it. Right.
0: Well, the green is just... I think it was so supposed to be so opaque that you don't see that there's actually nothing in it. That's what I thought. Oh, yeah, but the, he fills
1: the glass with it.
0: In a shot. And then probably they're doing takes and it's a pain in this. He doesn't want to keep drinking.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's That might be a good... That's probably true, yeah. But, uh...
0: Yeah, it was convenient. They could
1: just squeeze Mio water into into water. <laughs> right, he doesn't.
0: Nobody wants to actually drink that shit. That sludge. It's gross. I bet. Yeah. And then yeah, they're gonna they're gonna make a solar pulse to destroy the shipyard, but they have to get real close to the sun. They have to pull an Icarus and fly close, so close to the sun that, you know. I assume that there's environmentalists there, like just destroying
1: suns is that like a like is that like i know they did it in another i think they do it in a tng episode i was kind of like is that like cool we don't you know like even if in like human life doesn't die you're still like destroying a part of like of a solar system or of a system they
0: they are yeah who's to say they're they're not necessarily destroying the sun but creating a huge It's solar destroying flare the system, yeah. That, yeah, you're right. It's destroying a lot of the system. <laughs> hey, man, you got to make tough choices in war, I guess. I, yeah,
1: I, I, I guess, yeah. It just seems like that was like they were real quick to, to do that plan. Right.
0: Well, we don't know that it takes out any planets other than the shipyard seemed to be like a space station or something from mm. the seat.
1: Well, I assume that they, they were in an orbit orbit yeah. of a of a planet or some sort of some rock pop- or some sort of heavenly body right
0: somebody had to, yeah something bad happened <laughs> mm. yeah there's a bp spill type going on
1: I mean like Mercury I, I would okay so like if it was like a show like The Expanse or something like Mercury nobody lives on Mercury Mercury's the biggest piece of shit planet there is mm-hmm. it's so fucked up they're, they're, <laughs> fuck you Mercury <laughs> their days are longer than their years fuck that place but nonetheless like if, if there was a if there, if we were watching something that was solar system based and someone just willy nilly like no we will blow up Mercury and it'll be fine <laughs> right. like I feel like as a fan you would kind of go what? like that's whoa,
0: what you, whoa 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 <laughs> yeah
1: it's so, yeah, it's just, I was thinking of that like, it seems like, I don't know, I don't care. It's fine, but yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then Kira and Odo are doing the blockade, and it's kind of like, well, I was hoping to have a long relationship, but I guess it'll be short and exciting because you're going to get yourself killed by these Romulans and romance. Okay, Kira
1: Did you feel like I wasn't, I don't remember this plot from when I first watched the show. I felt like they were testing her or something. It seemed like that the Federation was so hands-off, this situation, and so unhelpful that it almost felt like they were testing kira to see if she was like testing her metal again i think that you're giving them like a more (laughs) credit than they actually yeah yeah it just seems like it was all ratchet it seemed like that it was it's the ross character's fault it's yeah uh, (laughs) it's
0: it's it's detective scully yeah
1: yeah it just seems like he just doesn't give a fuck (laughs) i was however extremely into cocaine for most of 1986
0: well it, it it's political like the romulans are a more valuable ally than the, the Bajorans. The Bajorans. The, the militarily. Yeah. The Bajorans are only important because they're ne- near the wormhole. And the wormhole's not even there anymore, so, you know, fuck the Bajorans, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much.
1: And maybe it be... I mean, you're right, but it seems like the way that they're framing it, it's almost like that he's in on it. Like, he's not pissed at her for doing dir- dirty dealings on a fucking... Like, with another country. Like, at no point... Even if he ultimately has to go along with it because of politics or, you know, practicality or whatever... He's still like they're t- like every time it's phrased, it's Kira and her boyfriend, and these two as on the other end in the other section. So it it, it sort of throws the Federation in cahoots with the Romulans, trying to do this relatively dirty scheme but it, it makes the Federation look like they're compatriots with that well
0: it, I, and yeah.
1: it, it's a strange it's a strange framing of the whole issue and it's why I thought like are they trying to pull a trick on her or test her metal? because the whole first episodes about how they're not getting along or how they get along fine and then she she steps over and it seems like maybe and they make a big deal about just putting Kira in there and Ross doesn't know her very well that maybe all of that was the makings for just like I just wanted to see how you would respond when the when you know it's her Kobayashi Maru. They want to see I, what she has to do. I don't. I never situation. got the sense that they were deliberately. Testing yeah, her. I, yeah. I definitely. don't either. But I just felt like the framing of it was like, why would you frame the Federation as being so duplicitous here? But
0: well, I feel like I don't know. I just saw it as like they want to preserve the. They're the. They're trying to win a war. To quote uh, Jason Isaacs, mm. so
1: yeah, but just in, in a real situation, that that Ross would have been more angry Woody, to, with her too. Even if he didn't side with Kira, he would be very exasperated and, and frustrated with the Romulans. Oh yeah, sure, sure. And sure. he seemed to be
0: totally on board. Yeah. Well, I I, 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 so. you, I blame Admiral Ham Sandwich Scully for that performance because he's mm. yeah I don't know. probably
1: thoughtless writing is probably well yeah that, yeah that
0: too but yeah it didn't it didn't raise that issue with me but you're probably right to make it on, uh, mm. let's see yeah they've got 12 impulse ships and are we digging in the sand yeah yeah well and then yeah they cut back and it's just them walking around in circles and Esri throws the ball and it lands and and she's like, You've gotten stran have you gotten stranger, Cisco? You've definitely gotten stranger and isn't.
1: She said, This shit is bananas. It's B A N A N A S. Yep. <That's> exactly- yeah. <laughs>
0: uh and then there's no Vic in this episode, but they go back to Immersively. Yeah, I you know what I prefer Vic to? Fucking Mike Hammer. <laughs> like come on. Like I know I know they've said that Odo loves noir crime fiction because he's the detective guy but like these aliens being into earth shit is annoying to me and my cameras
1: early 20th century Boomer shit. Yeah, yeah. Boomer obsession. Like boomer Kiss shit. Kiss me deadly, yes.
0: like, oh, you're a lot like Mike Hammer and it's like you know what, Mike Hammer sucks. But you know, that's just like my opinion, man. Well, there
1: was that uh, there was that po- that rage on Bajor where all of the young Bajoran uh, people were <laughs> got really into nineteen fifties uh literature Amer- sure, sure. uh, American literature. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I think that was in a novel somewhere. Uh, somebody else tells that <laughs> Oh boy.
1: At least with Garrick, you know, they built up his racism. At least with Garrick, all of the shit he made reference to were, you know, fake shit. Right, right. <laughs> that was a part of his culture and not just a part of our culture. So
0: Yeah, and they may have yeah. thrown away a line like, oh, somebody, oh, Bashir gave me these books that I like a lot, but it, it's still. I think
1: they did. It was Shakespeare, though, but at least, Bash- I mean, Bashir's from Earth. Uh, no, so. I'm,
0: no, I mean, like Bashir given Odo. Noir crime fiction or something. That I don't remember.
1: Yeah, maybe it's better because Bashir at least is from Earth. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Like
0: maybe they threw it away with a, a human, gave him the book. But yeah, it's still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know we're humans, so they want to make references that us humans understand. But it's still kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, whatever.
2: Yeah, it can't be Klingon opera all the time, boys. <laughs> right, as much as you guys wish. In rock the
1: Gina. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. sometimes it's some other opera they make up. A, and well, that's a Discovery. Problem. Never mind.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember that scene. I watched that yeah, scene. You
0: know, the opera where they kill each other themselves after they do it, and it's a thing that the Federation loves to watch.
1: Why would they ever do that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, uh,
0: well, never mind. Uh, Quark is complaining about Gah. Uh We get more. D- Dr. Wyckoff while they walk around in the desert. Dr. Wyckoff, <laughs> please come to isolation ward four. Uh, Ezri throws the, f- the ball and he says, this one real thing.
1: quick with Quark, he's bitching about Gok, but he specifically, he says that the people, the Klingons in the mess hall agree with me, mm-hmm. which was very much that, uh, who's that, uh, Fucking alt right asshole Jacob Jacob Wall who always tweets I'm at a hipster coffee shop <laughs> and they're all talking about how Trump has fixed the economy. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> like it seemed like Cork was doing that shit. I, well, I was uh, I was hanging out with Klingons and they hate cock too. Yeah, yeah. And there
0: was some sort of incident in there because then Wharf comes to. That's when he has the apology scene and they're like, Oh, this isn't about what happened in the mess hall, is it? It's like, No, I just want to tell you. I love you boys (laughs) and Martok (laughs) told me I'm a dick so uh, here's my apology Mm -hmm. she all liked y'all and I was jealous and you know it's fine Mm -hmm. and then we cut back to Tyree and
1: I I like that scene I mean I said I I didn't like it that he apologized because it is a sign of weakness and we shouldn't apologize welcome to hell world you gotta
0: fight (laughs) that always be punching
1: I do like the idea that Jadzia changed him yeah and that's probably uh, James always defends Warf. That's my <laughs> thing for this: is that like you, that you still see that Jedzia is still changing him, and I like that about yeah, it. Yeah. That for going forward, they they tease it at the end of this, but going forward, I'm I'm very pleased that Jedzia's death isn't treated as a that, that there's a real legitimate death. Mm-hmm. There is not, yeah, that that there is a closing of a book for Warf, and that's not reopened by Esri Dax. So.
0: Yeah, and then digging in the sand for, and then they find the orb box, and then wow he has a vision, and he's Benny Russell again. Does
1: this cheapen Far Beyond the Stars?
0: Uh, it no, for me it didn't. It
1: doesn't for me either.
0: I know we kind of it got brought up before, like, does this retcon Far Beyond the Stars is just a Pa Wraith vision, but for me it doesn't. It still could. That is still could the prophets and the Pa Wraith are just tapping into the same thing, I didn't see that episode as being paw race necessarily.
1: Memory Alpha doesn't either. I don't get that though. Like it seems like it's being I don't know. It seems like that our Stephen Bear wanted to like I don't know. I do, I don't I doubt that it because it's two different situations. I don't see it adding too far beyond the stars, right? Or even really well tying it into the where Cisco is now. Like it's just a different thing yep. that I guess the pa race sense that at one time the prophets did this and they used it to a negative effect as opposed to a positive mm. effect, even though it didn't strike me as a positive. I mean, I get, I get the you're an inspiration to people because you're you're an inspiration to the past, which is basically the point of Far Beyond Stars, <laughs> which is a strange point to land on. That you you exist because you're an inspiration. To, the, to, to Africanism, African-Americans' past. But to use it here is if it's a thing, it's a reality to be rejected. It's a temptation.
0: Well, the way I or see... Or something. The, far Beyond the Stars is him learning a lesson about, like, you have to follow through for what is right. And also, you know, that's kind of the lesson where he's thinking about quitting the Federation. Mm-hmm. And then he learns that you have to follow through for, like, what's important. You know, like, it's mostly probably that just, like, Irish Stephen Baird just really loved Benny Russell and he wanted to bring that back. That's what I'm, that's but what I But the difference, like. you know, like, in that, the prophets, it's all about how he needs to keep writing the story, and in this, it's the paw race are trying to convince him that the story needs to be stopped and the story is a delusion. And if you are saying, we know that Spoilers. Iris Stephen Bear wanted the finale to end with it all being Benny Russell's dream, so he was
2: laying the groundwork for that. Yeah, mm.
0: Whether he was laying the groundwork or not, he, that's what he wanted to do. Apparently, yeah. but it just strikes so, like, me as it just
1: it's, it just strikes me that he wrote that he's trying to bask in the one good thing he really did. Oh yeah, totally. oh, right. <laughs> you know, like that's like that's, that's what it entire, feels like to that's me. Entirely possible. I, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I I, I I won't deny that 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 uh, he's yeah. trying to chase that feeling
1: but you know i mean he's wrote a lot of horrible episodes he's allowed a lot of middling episodes but i mean he wrote one brilliant episode yeah and i feel like but he wants to keep doing it but the thing that i didn't like about that episode was how tenuous it existed in the ds9 continuity right and by keeping doing it you just keep highlighting that the like, it, it Benny Russell starts shifting in what Benny Russell means, and it's very weird. Yeah,
0: but the important thing in all across Benny Russell, whether he's real or not, or whether the whole thing is his, like, in his. the important thing to Benny Russell that he, the good thing for him to do is keep writing the story, and the bad guys want him to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. The, and that's in this episode. They, like, want him to stop doing it, and for some reason that'll be, like, that, equates to him burying the box up and he's stuck in that vision and he doesn't know what's real or not and Jake tries to stop him and gets zapped like Cisco did. Yeah. So
1: let's make the necessary comparison. This is supposed to be the ending of Last Temptation of Christ. I don't know if that's what they had in mind but that's basically where it exists. Uh-huh. This is the this is Last Temptation of Christ where, <laughs> I don't know, if you've ever seen the movie at the end of it, Christ, on the way to the cross, Christ is offered a chance to uh, walk away uh, and lead a normal life that he's never been afforded, and so he gets to do that, and you you follow him for a good long chunk of the movie, in the oh look, I'm not the savior, and I've lived a normal life, and I'm happy, and I have a wife and kids and all that shit, and you know that it is that you also figure that it is a satanic temptation that at the end of the movie he rejects and finds himself back on the cross, and therefore, you know, fulfilling his religious destiny. It's very similar, but the temptation is to. A character that I don't know, like the Paw Rice are pretty shitty at this, is what I think my point. (laughs) Like, if they were going to, that's not a temptation, like, right, like paint over the wall so that you're not persecuted in the 1940s. Like, he could have had the temptation where he just sees his son, or if you keep on this path, you're, you know, like, fuck, like you're going to be, you you know, you'll die, whatever. And it just seems like they, they could have actually tempted him with wanting, there's legitimate reasons not wanting to be the Bajor's god. There's a legitimate, like I could think of a thousand reasons why I, would, I personally wouldn't want to be Bajor's god. If uh, if say, if Bajor Satan was trying to tempt me, he would do a better job.
0: Right. But it's not even that tempting Cisco, they're trying to convince him that he is Benny Russell. Yes. And that uh, the whole thing with the emissary and the prophets is a delusion. Mm-hmm. And if, I don't know.
1: But there's no stick to that, too. There, I mean, other than, like, I guess that, hey... Benjamin Sisko, if you lived in the 1940s or 50s and were in an insane asylum and you stopped writing the story, we would let you out of the insane asylum. It's just awful. It's awful convoluted.
0: When you put it like that, but that's not, it's like, I I mean. The Paul
2: race, you know, work in mysterious
0: ways. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're just, you know, it's like they're gaslighting him. That's what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) They're trying to convince him that, you know, everything's a delusion and he's stuck in that. Yeah. Yeah. Are
2: yeah, we, no, maybe that. Are we at the end of this episode where he talks to his mom? Not
0: quite, because there's more black. Well, I just wanted to point out that if I were going to be the dick that uh, says Avery Brooks goes over the top, <laughs> the Benny Russell and in the uh, Insane Asylum stuff is like. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's acting for the stage, not the camera in there, and I'll just put it that way. <laughs>
1: yeah. If I don't
2: finish my story, if. if Captain Sisko doesn't open the ore box, then he cannot contact
0: the province. Uh, like, if I were seeing him on Broadway doing that, I'd be like, oh my god, fucking Avery Brooks is, was fucking amazing in that play, but the camera really, you know, blows everything up and it feels a little <laughs> over the top sometimes.
1: Yeah, it would have, yeah, it was a little, it was a little overheated. I also think that it highlighted that, um, though a, a, a striking looking man in real, uh, without makeup on that... Oh. Damar is not the best actor. Oh, really? <laughs> and in that scene, it's really sort of highlighted. <laughs> oh, you were you were just
0: talking I, up Casey Biggs so much, and now now you're just. I'm,
1: I, I'm talking up that that actor is well, that, or that that character that Damar is well being well handled. But the I mean Casey Biggs is you know I thought he... yeah he's not a dynamic actor, <laughs> and so I felt like that if he was matching the intensity that Avery Brooks was putting off, that that scene probably would have felt different it would have because he's a pretty wooden kind of actor to begin with i don't know casey biggs
0: maybe i don't know how you match avery brooks doing that because i was but
1: passion passion yeah voice modulation like things that things that he wasn't doing
0: yeah yeah, that may arguably uh, mr brooks was doing a little bit much of but i'm the asshole (laughs) should talk in avery brooks (laughs) again sorry i'm sorry
1: well, I mean, if it didn't have that sort of intensity, he's, like then what a wet fart that whole part of the story would have been. I
0: think you could have, you can have intensity without sounding like Mark Hamill doing the Joker cartoon.
1: <laughs> Meaningless words that no one cares about.
0: When he's laughing and stuff, he sounds, he's like, oh, he sounds like Mark Hamill's Joker. It's, it's just, yeah, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> Go ahead. Save yourself. Uh, And then it it cuts back and forth. Like, I thought this episode built the tension pretty well. Like, everything, all the three storylines come to a head at the same time. It's quick and action-packed. You know, like, the scenes are pretty clippy, short scenes cutting back and forth, and it kind of helps build the tension. The pacing Mm. of this episode seemed good to me, like, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. we actually got a little bit of old classic Star Trek with Klingons where, you know, we failed. Oh, no, but we have a ticking clock now. We're, we've all failed, yeah, everybody. Yeah. And then uh, O'Brien's like, I can modulate the face. It'll affect you yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, like, they, yeah, so they, you know, they had to do some... a pl- They had a plan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so
1: it was nice to see the little bit of that.
0: And now there's Jim Hadar approaching, yeah.
1: So I, it seems like they missed... They fired at it, and then they needed to fire at it harder. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so there was a little bit of... Having to go back to that, but that was fun. Yeah,
0: that was good. Mm-hmm. And they finally win a victory for Jadzia, and then at the same time, Dax Ezri saves the day by convincing him to open the box or keep writing the story for Benny or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know how you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's magic. It's space magic. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he, he don't does paint the wall, Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Say my name. Uh, sorry. Never-ending story.
1: I do like the the I do like the the intensity over a paint roller. Yeah, right. That was a <laughs> it was a very unique uh the symbolic use of the paint roller, <laughs> right. and that was a very weird prop for him.
0: yeah, and the, the shovel or whatever. And then oh, yeah. then he opens up the orb of the emissary, and I guess metaphorically pours coke over the uh <laughs> all scraped up and corroded orb. refreshes up and then shoots a big light that goes real fast and the wormhole opens back up. So what what happened? The orb the the emissary had to find the orb of the emissary and then I guess, and then he has the scene where he talks to his mom or the orb or I guess there's a prophet that was stuck in that orb that he lets free because that's what he says like you wanted me to find you so I could open it up and that's what opens a wormhole back up
1: is she that prophet is the prophet that infected her the prophet that was released
0: uh, maybe cuz he he asked mm-hmm. he kind of talks to her like she is like you needed me to find you or something mm-hmm. but then she we learned that she was a pro, she took control of Sarah on earth and that's and forced her to mer- get mm-hmm. fall in love with Brock Peters
1: like the x-men villi- villain malice Ooh. Who was non corporeal and took over various characters oh. on the
0: show or in the X Men? Yeah, and so we learned that, and that that was a thing for me. Remembering season seven it was like, oh shit, Cisco is part god because his mom was a prophet. It's like, well, I'm part god on my mom's side, <laughs> right? Except he's not really. I mean, he is, and he isn't. Like, she's not. His mom was a real woman. She was just possessed. Like, in my memory, I thought that she didn't exist at all except being a prophet, but she was a real lady that this prophet said, I shared her corporeal existence with her for three years to get knocked up, I guess, because it, that was had to happen for whatever.
1: I, I get the...
0: I... So he's not completely, genetically, he's probably completely human, but, you know, spiritual magic Then or why something. is he important? <laughs> because religion is the theme they wanted to talk about. Uh,
1: I mean even if you get into this concept of circle like time is a flat circle but I don't know if we're ever I mean the nuts and bolts of it are are pretty thin soup. As yeah,
0: I, I mean mm-hmm.
2: we don't have to
0: you're not going to be its genetic destiny that she needed these if we're going to get all do, <laughs> Gross. If we're going to get all uh, Frank Herbert about it. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. <laughs> like
1: I was going I was going Jerusalem where if I'm that triggered. if they if they had to go back in time to Establish because Cisco's important to the the wormhole alien's life, then they had to go back in time to birth him. I don't know, it just seems like I don't know what was the original cause for the need, right? But
0: it's just that it needed to be, yeah, that's very Jerusalem. It is because that's what it because mm-hmm. time is a flat it circle, because that's what it is. Uh, <sighs> yes. and it did introduce an interesting uh, like Cisco up until. Like in the last season has been like i I believe in the prophets, and they have what's best for me in mind and kind of and now here he's like, "What the fuck this is like this would be a great point for it to introduce him being like, Wait, man, y'all fucked with my life. I don't know if I trust you prof- wormhole aliens anymore. uh no. I don't feel like that's necessarily where they go.
1: That's why I don't actually i kind of like yeah, I he, get... you
2: advocated for a crisis of faith earlier." In this I series,
1: did.
0: yeah,
2: yeah, and that's kind of what Wade's saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I like that.
0: Yeah, because because he he confronts her about it, so it's a good opportunity to do it. But I don't know if they follow through on that.
1: Yeah, I don't. I guess I'm saying that like I don't. I I too remembered it being that he was half god. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, he was half god on his mom's side, and I don't really know by <laughs> what it not being half god on his mom's side. What does that? Why make that little aberration? And what does that change? So other than that, he now is manipulated to be born instead of being. Because I think it would actually be interesting if he's half god. Because again, it's not a god; it's an alien with pow with powers right, right, right. unforeseen. So it's it's a very Star Trek concept. You have beings with great power, and so he finds out he's a half alien by non linear beings. Yeah. To fulfill a, he was born to fulfill a destiny. I mean, that's, I mean, if you're going to, like, that's Hercules. That's, uh,
0: right. That's
1: other, I mean, there's lots of half gods. It's
0: QAnon, angel DNA. (laughs) Uh, sorry. (laughs) But, but, you know, but to an extent, that's what people got mad at because they were like, oh, he's half god because Star Trek is supposed to be about humanity Mm -hmm. and having your lead discover their humanity. So in that sense, making him half god. I think feels like a cop out to a lot of people, and it I I can I see that because it kind of felt like one to me a little bit. Or you
1: could, or it could just be that this is about what it's like when a- aliens commingle. That you do have these aberrations and these interesting things. Well, this is about.
2: I kind of rejected that that it's about humanity because you have the two most popular characters thus far in all of Star Trek is Spock and Data. Sure, both of which. Are just mirrors to reflect humanity. So, I mean, you could still use a half god yeah, lead but to, to do that.
0: But you should start with that instead of like ch- ch- throwing um, that on you in the seventh season. Star Trek: right Deep a... Space
2: Nine should have done a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm
0: glad that yeah. it, I can see him as not half god, even if he's being fucked with by wormhole aliens for his existence.
1: Well, I mean, if he was half, okay, if he found out that he was half some other alien race and that that's why these other alien races have been putting him impor-
0: He has two dicks. Yeah,
1: that he has two <laughs> dicks. or That that's why the importance is put on there. That's not... Ne- I mean, by saying he's half God, yeah, because you're dealing in myth and stuff. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Star Trek fans said that, but I mean, it's they're gods to Bajoran people, but it's not really gods. Yeah. It's,
0: it's just aliens. I think I just want my Star Trek captain to be human and not throw me that he was an alien the whole time that feels like a battlestar galactica finale prop issue that people got mad at
1: so. yeah well but it played who all along the watchtower for a lot <laughs> <while> of episodes <laughs> no um but like that's something that iris steven bear said that it was that everybody all of you know picard and kirk were all treated like gods anyway mm-hmm. so we just took it to the next level and made him went ahead and made him a half god, but not really, sort of, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little weird.
1: <laughs> so I, I it see, it seems like a way to like sort of try and have your cake and eat it too, but you just it you make thin soup, you know? Yeah. We should probably get onto the rewatch meter.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. And then um back on the, the the blockade after the wormhole opens, Admiral Ham Sandwich is like, All right, Cretech calls Kira's bluff, but then at the last minute once the wormhole opens, the Romulans pull back and Admiral Ham Sandwich says, you know why it is, is because I finally stood up for you and decided to do it right. Sorry. Right. I'll never play poker with you, basically.
1: It also coincides with the wormhole opening again, which also seemed to have no effect on like, like it seems like when I was going to happen, everybody's going to go, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> right. And like, and like that, like, hey, everybody, let's like pause the standoff. You know, I don't know. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We, everybody got distracted because 9 11 happened, or something, you know, like some big <laughs> event happened that erased everybody's pre intentions. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm saying that it looks like that would have been better than uh, Kira got her gods back. You know, it seems like that would have been a bigger impact on everything, right?
0: I, you know, yeah, I was just, ass- I was assuming the Romulans. If they said something like, "Yeah, the Romans, Romulans were freaked out by Costimojan being cast out or whatever," mm-hmm. or, you know, it spit out.
1: Romulans were really big on Costimojan. Yeah, you like, or you
0: know, they're they're like Romans, right? So there is an omen, a portent in the sky, and the you know, and their shit. The the wormhole coming back is a big deal. So maybe if they're like, "Well, let's back off," so. Mm-hmm. while we see things cool down. Yeah. But, you know, anyways, everybody gets what they, everything resolves, and then Cisco shows back on the station, and they're like, yeah, 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 and then it's like, hey, new Dax, who dis? <laughs> yeah. And, and then Worf is like, oh, no, fuck this, and I want to.
1: And that's the that's the stuff I like, is that he finally, because you have this scene where, like, he sings the little oh yeah, welcoming song for Jadzia to go into Stovakor.
0: Oh, I wrote it down, but I'm sure you did. You're 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 welcome. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you could you could do it if you want. Oh post well I forgot the tune. Shit. Stovocor, Jadzia Dex, de Lord Paul Tok Colipod Show Viva But you can talk over me, please. Baylor stocko no. Stov. Well that's already
1: <laughs> so anyway, um, like that's a thing that like so he gets over her, you know, he's done, mm-hmm. and then you have to have this like well, she comes back in that that I like Yeah, hey, we aliens are weird, yeah, you yeah. know this shit this should be weird and they're facing things they wouldn't have had to face before, so
0: yeah yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah we'll deal with more of that next episode, I think. All right.
1: Yes. What do you guys think? We do have a de- we do have a death of a character that we or a death happens off screen between now and the next episode. Wayun Five dies. Oh man, mm-hmm. so this is the we last. Hard, we hardly knew thee. Oh. Last time we get to spend with Yun Five. Huh. What do
2: you guys put this on your uh, rewatch meter?
0: Uh, Where would I put the last one? Eight. Eight. Uh, I'll put this in an eight too because it's the second part of it. Yeah.
1: We all doing that, James? Or are you just gonna put it at seven? Yeah, I can't. I can't see me think, like. I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. put it out of out of five.
0: Oh, you going down?
2: I, because I lose interest okay. over time. Sure, <laughs> that's just my nature. My <laughs> fair enough. <We're>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, you guys want to take a quick guess as to what the people of IMDb thought of this episode? All right. Let's see.
0: I rated it high last time, but I think people don't like. People got mad at Cisco being half god or almost half god or however you want to dissemble about it. So I'm going to go 7.8 because it's still the second part of a two-parter.
1: I'm going to go exactly with the rating from the last episode. So 7.6.
0: It's a 7.9. Oh. Ah. Yep. Yeah,
1: the fickle nature. Of fame. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess there's more like Ezra Dax is a character in this episode where she wasn't in the last episode. So I guess. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a there's a little bit of you know, people are happy to have uh, a, Dax a their back. nice new friend. Yeah, yeah. A, their nice new friend, Dax back. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. And I guess shit happens. So it's a big. I mean, you find out like a major thing. Hey, everybody, Cisco's a sort of ha- yep. sort of a god. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I mean, I guess that would be a people always rate higher the big episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Next episode could be good or bad. I haven't actually watched it yet. But it's a Garrick episode, which is always oh. uh, could be a good sign. Written by Renee Ashavaria, so we'll huh. see. Because he he had a rough season yeah, last yeah, season. So I've watched it. Lots of trade rumors, lots of things going
0: on like that. Yeah. So uh, well, it it's this episode, the next episode, I believe, is all about integrating Esri into the station life. Yeah.
1: So hopefully, Renee, I, I mean Renee Ashavaria, could uh, be uh, awarded the comeback player of the year this year. But <laughs> maybe. Right. You know,
0: I I will hold my opinions till. We talk about it next time. (laughs) All right. Oh, that's the end. So now we're at the part where I give all the info, huh?
2: Yep.
0: All right. So, yeah. Let us know what you think. 917-408-3898. And support the show with your finances at (laughs) patreon.com slash elves. And, you know, do all the things. Rate and review and what I say every time alright <laughs> do it. But but, mm-hmm. but I mean it every time too so feel free to go ahead and do that alright mm-hmm. alright
2: well thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition we hope you join us next week as we continue our journey through Star Trek Deep Space Nine for Wade, James and myself 3, 2, beam out
0: beep Laura alright <laughs>
2: We broke up, I'll get my wrecks, then I'll get off <laughs> Love makes out a crack in my head She broke up and let me fall dead
1: <laughs> A real tear <deer.
0: laughs> Like a monster tried to cross my heart
2: She did that's well I watched Operator, <laughs> right, listen if you won't cut in, will you at least tell me if she's talking to another guy? <laughs> Gonna shave my head, start again, join the army, move to Spain. Country and western music, I understand it now.
0: Uh- <laughs> so? Well? Yeah. I ähm. ähm.
2: mm-hmm.